joy to be basically back home, if that's all right. And uh, I was so thankful that we were going to be in this room because so many memories here as I worshiped up front and in front of Pastor Dwayne, hearing his melody again. <laughs> Amen. Well, for those of you that don't know me, I'm Pastor Bobby Bogard, and I served here for about 13 years at Resurrection Life Church. Great years, and honored to serve Pastor Dwayne and Jeannie, just such a... Um, man and woman of God that love God with all their heart. They love the church. Uh, they love the kingdom. And uh, how many of you are thankful that they obeyed the call of God to come and plant this place? So let me tell you what we're going to do. I noticed that we cut worship a little short. You might have noticed that. But what we're going to do is we're going to take about 20 minutes and we're going to go into the word for just a little bit. And we're going to uh, bring a very simple message tonight, just a fundamental message, but it's something that I believe the Holy Spirit's already set the theme for, and that is we're going to talk about the benefits of the cross, just some fundamental truths. And then uh, we're going to come back and we're going to have an extended time of worship at the end. Uh, just take some time and worship the Lord again and let the word that's been uh, spoken to us, and again, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you as I declare the word of the Lord. He's got something to say to each and every one of us today. And so ask him, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me throughout this message? And as we come to the conclusion of that, we're going to come into a time of worship. We're going to open up the front here. If some want to respond to the Holy Spirit and come for personal ministry, we're going to have people here. If you want to soak in what God's told you, spoken to you, and you want to contemplate it just as we worship together as a, as a people, you can do that as well. And so tonight, as I, as I step into the message, I was thinking about, you know, when you when you go to uh, apply for a new job, there's some things that are in the back of your mind. And uh, those things have to do with what are the benefits that are gonna be offered to me through this company? What are the benefits that are gonna be there? Now, some of them are kinda like little minute benefits, like will I get some petty cash to mess with or am I gonna get mileage reimbursement? But really what we're concerned about is the big rocks, right? The big rocks. Like, if I get this job, is this company going to offer me health insurance? How many of you know that's a big rock? Amen. We're also thinking about this. I'm thinking about if I take this job and start working for this company, how long is it until I get some vacation? Come on, how many of you know that's a big rock? How much am I going to be paid? What is the compensation? And so tonight, what we're going to do is we're going to take some time, and we're going to go into the Word, and we're going to look at some of the big rocks of our salvation, of our benefit package that we have in the kingdom of God as the sons and daughters of the Most High God. I want you to turn to Psalms 103, verse 1. It says, the psalmist says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. 
who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Now there's some big rocks in this verse, in this passage, amen? Before we get into them, I want you to kind of skip down to verse 10 because the first rock that we're gonna look at or the first aspect of the benefit that we're gonna look at is, has to do with our sin. Verse 10 says this, and I want you to notice the terminology. And as I read this verse, my, my desire is this, look at me. My desire is this, that you would catch the heart and the passion of God our Father. We could just read the words on the page, but I believe behind these words, there's a passionate Father who's making some declarations to us for our benefit, amen? So look at this. Verse 10 says, he has not dealt with us according to our sins. How many of you are glad for that? Come on, I got both hands up. Listen to this, this is the heart of God. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Wow. Think about that. He's not dealt with us. He's not punished us. Instead, he has extended mercy. And extend, instead of just, you know, micromanaging our lives and watching how much sin is in our life so that he can crush us, rather, he extends mercy. And as far as the east is from the west, he removes our transgressions from us. Now, I don't know about you, but as the son of God, I thank God that that's one of my benefits. I can tell you're not convinced, so let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians 5, 19 says this, for God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, God was in Christ. The Father was in Christ. Passionately in love the world, with the world. We know that because we have the famous verse, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have what? Everlasting life. But the next verse says, What's the next verse say? God did not send his son to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God was in Christ reconciling us to God. 
Reconciliation means to bring two hostile parties to a place of peace. And how many of you know, before we met Christ, we did not like God. We didn't like God, we didn't like his word, we didn't like his ways, we didn't like his people. You probably have some neighbors in your neighborhood. Feel that same way about you, am I right? Because when you're outside of Christ and you're not walking in the benefit of your redemption, then you are alienated from God and you are an enemy of God. But thank God in Christ, he was reconciling us to himself. It goes on to say, not imputing their sins to them. Imputing means to, it means to put on their account, if you will. I have a, uh, I have a file cabinet in my house and in the top drawer of my file cabinet, I have these bills. Because you see, when I use electricity, the electricity company sends me a bill. I'm in debt to the electricity company. I have a gas bill, water bill, rent, house payment, maybe a car payment, whatever it is in that drawer that you have where all your bills are accumulated until you pay them off, right? Up until then, you are responsible for the debt. I'm accountable for everything in that file drawer, am I right? Now I can slam that file drawer shut and I can try to walk over here like it doesn't exist, but I'm gonna get a call. Somebody's gonna call me, somebody's gonna knock on my door because I'm accountable and responsible for that debt. But you know what, I got a good friend. He's in the house tonight. His name is Dwayne Vanderklok. And let's say Pastor Dwayne came over to my house and he just happened to go over to my file cabinet and he pulled it out and saw how much debt was accumulated there. And the loving man that he is, he just decided I'm gonna pay all of those bills for Bobby Bogart. Pastor, I'll see you at my house next week. <laughs> and if he paid all of those bills, how many of you know I'm not gonna get a call, right? Because he took care of my debt. The good news is that our Savior, Jesus Christ, paid our debt in full. Amen. Through the precious blood of Jesus Christ, our debts have been paid. I love it. I love a man who can tell what I want before I need it. So he's not imputing our sins to us. Why? Because Jesus took and paid our sins. Amen? Some of you are looking at me like a calf at a new gate. I had to pull that one out. <laughs> Hebrews chapter eight. Come on, let's nail this down. Hebrews chapter eight, verse 12 says this. Man, and again, again, please, as we read these words, catch the passionate love of God the Father behind these words, okay? This is not just black and white print. This is the heart of God. And here's what he says, for I will... 
He makes a choice. He makes a decision. I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I will, choice, remember no more. Now that's a benefit. The benefit is that God deals with our sin. And in dealing with our sin, through the redemptive work of Jesus Christ, he makes a choice, I will remember them no more. You see, God is like a woman. Where's he going with this one? How many of you know, you probably have this, I have it. Rose can say to me, Bobby, do you remember what you said last year at Judah's birthday? No, I, I've slept since then. <laughs> I, I don't have a clue. How many of you know she can tell me exactly what I said a year ago? And not only that, a woman can not only tell you exactly what you said, but she can tell you exactly what you had on when you said it. And not only can she tell you what you said and what you had on when you said it, she can tell you exactly where you were when you said it. Not only can she tell you what you said, what you were wearing, where you were standing, she can tell you everybody that was in the room that heard it. And you know what? God can remember all of our sins. But you know what he does? He chooses not to. I'm praying for that anointing on the beautiful rose of Texas. <laughs> As a matter of fact, the beautiful rose of Texas is with me tonight. Babe, will you stand up? <laughs> Amen. So one of the big benefits that we have as believers is that God deals with our sin. And he chooses not to hold them against us he chooses not to remember them out of his grace and out of his mercy. He's chosen that to have a relationship with you and I. See, the whole, the whole, the whole heart behind it is that God wants to have a relationship. He doesn't want us to walk in religion. He wants us to walk in relationship. And sin breaks that relationship. It breaks that fellowship. Come on, we know it. There are times when we, we kind of step over the line. We've all had moments and times when we've, we've slipped up, we fell. I've had them in my life. And in those times, there's something inside of you that is apprehensive to go into the presence of God. But once you understand your benefit in Christ, you're like Hebrews 4, you can go into the throne of God boldly and obtain the grace and mercy that you have in time of need, amen? And that brings us to the second point. The second benefit is the benefit of a new standing. How many of you know a long time ago, Adam, our great-great-grandfather, how many of you know he jacked it up? He made a bad decision, and when he made that bad decision, the Bible says that in essence, sin passed upon all men through Adam, and in essence, he sold us into a slave market. We were slaves to sin. 
slaves to the bondage of sin. In the slave market, we have no identity. We are orphans. And as orphans, we, we, we compete with everything around us because we're striving for identity, but we're slaves. As orphans, we're always comparing ourselves with everybody else in the room. Why? Because we want to find out where we're at in the pecking order so that we can have some sense of security. In the slave market, we're orphans. Not only do we compete and compare, but we are, we are bent toward compromise. I'm willing to compromise if I can just get in with the right group, right? And have some kind of sense of identity and, and understanding of my purpose in life. In the slave market, this is where the enemy, he has blinded our minds from the truth and he's caused us to believe a lie either through some kind of word that was spoken to us. Somebody's hearing this. Holy Spirit's speaking to somebody in here tonight. He's not only, he, he, he's encaptured us in a lie, maybe through an experience that we had that wants to put a name on us, a label on us, and the reality is, it's true, we're in a slave. We're in that slave market. But thank God, in Christ we have a benefit. Psalm 103 says, he not only forgives us of our iniquities, heals all our diseases, but it says he redeems your life from destruction. He redeems your life from the slavery of sin. Now, some of you in the room will be old enough to appreciate this. You'll have enough gray hairs that you will maybe remember this. But when I was a kid, they had these things called S&H green stamps. Now I know you young people, you don't have a clue what that is, so let me tell you what it is. An S&H green stamp is a stamp. And it's green. And it's got an S and an H on it. And, and what you would do is you would collect those green stamps when you went to the store and then you would take those stamps and you would put them in a stamp book and once you filled up a book and, and had enough books gathered up with full of SNH green stamps, you could go to the SNH green store and redeem those stamps. I think I bought my first BB gun with SNH green stamps. So to help some of you millennials, I'm a part of the American Airlines Advantage program. And so when I accumulate enough miles that qualify me, I can go online and it says, redeem your miles. And if I redeem my miles, I can take all those miles that I've accumulated and I can buy me a ticket to fly for free. Well, basically for free, 10 bucks or your taxes or whatever it is. Jesus purchased us, redeemed us, he bought us. He paid the price of his blood and he bought us out of the slave market and he put us into the sun, he put us into the light, he put us into the family of God 
Now we're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We're sons and daughters of God. We're no longer under condemnation. There's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. We're in a place of freedom. Now we, now we recognize the truth that dispels the lie that we lived in, and now we walk in freedom. Why? Because God redeemed us from the curse of the law. He redeemed us from the slave market so that we could be free to obtain everything that he had planned for us from the very beginning and foundations of the world. That is a benefit. It's a benefit of not standing in sin, but standing in righteousness. Not standing in a lie, but standing in truth. Not being an orphan, but being a son, a daughter. Revelations chapter five, verse nine. It says, they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. You see, the redemption of God is not for a certain class. The redemption of God is for all mankind. And every one of us in this room qualified to be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Amen, and I'm glad, so glad he did that. Galatians 4 verse seven says this. It says, therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Number one benefit is he deals with our sins. Number two benefit, he changes our standing. Number three benefit, as we look in Psalms 103, we come to understand that he also has dealt with our sicknesses. Notice this, he says, he forgives all your iniquities and he heals all of your diseases. Something I wanna point out real briefly here is that there is a biblical pattern. It's found in this verse and it's found in many other verses. I'm gonna share a few of those with you in just a minute. But the biblical pattern is this. When you see salvation, you see healing. He said he forgives us of all of our iniquities and he heals us of all of our diseases. Salvation and healing. Isaiah chapter 33 verse 24 says this, and the inhabitants will not say, I am sick. The people who dwell in it will be forgiven their iniquity. Salvation, healing. Isaiah 53 verse five, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we were healed, healing and salvation. First Peter 2.24 says, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sin, might live for righteousness by whose stripes we are healed. The, re the, the reason I wanna point this out to you is because some of us in this room tonight are dealing with sickness in our body or maybe sickness in our soul, our emotions. The enemy has come to attack, to steal, kill, and destroy, and he's brought sickness and oppression to do that. The good news is that we have a benefit. 
We have a benefit package, and in that benefit package, I not only can get right with God, have a relationship with him, and know that I have a future, I'm going to heaven one of these days. Now, I'm ready to go, just not today. But we have a relationship with God, but as well, we have a benefit package that includes healing. And in the same way that we receive salvation, in that same manner we receive healing. We receive salvation by grace through faith. Amen, how many of you know we could not save ourselves? You can go to church until you can't go to church anymore and you're still gonna be without God until you come into a relationship with him, amen? And tonight, you know, we can exercise. There's, there's a lot of us that exercise and there's nothing wrong with exercise. I love exercise for Pastor Dwayne. <laughs> but, you know, you can put your confidence in, in your regiment to keep yourself healthy, but you can't stop sickness by your regiment. On the other hand, you can be over here and you can say, well, I'm a man of faith. And you can die right there in your faith if you're not wise. You know what I'm saying? That I'm talking about the extreme on both sides. There's a dynamic tension there, but listen to me tonight. We need to understand salvation is a part of our package and so is healing. Tonight, if you're here and you're sick in body, God wants to heal you. If you're here tonight and maybe you're in a place where sin has crept in, God wants to bring freedom. If you're here tonight and you've been in a place where you've been standing in a, in a, in a um, definition that has been given to you through somebody's words, or you're standing in a place of shame and guilt because of some experience that you lived in the past, God has freedom for us tonight. Jesus is in this room and he's available for us to be healed and be delivered, to be set free and to have a relationship with him, amen? I wanna ask you to stand for just a few minutes. What we're gonna do is I'm gonna ask the worship team, they're gonna come back and as they come back, here's what I want you to do. I trust that as I've been speaking to you, that you've been listening, not just to my voice, but you've been listening to the Holy Spirit. My question for you tonight is, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? As we worship, we're gonna ask our ministry team, I'm gonna ask our pastors and elders and, and ministry team, if you'll go ahead and come forward and you'll be up here. But we're gonna worship for about 15, 20 minutes. We're gonna worship together, the service is not over. But maybe tonight, the Bible says if you confess your faults one to another, you will be healed. Maybe you need to step out and come and let one of these minister to you in that area. Maybe tonight you just need to walk out from under the cloud that you've been living in. You've been living under a, a lie and you need to just come and say, I'm no longer gonna be there. I'm gonna be in this place of truth and healing. Maybe tonight you need somebody to lay hands on you. The Bible says we can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And let me say this, you're not a bad person if you come for prayer. You guys can go ahead and fill in right here. All right, right here. 
John, I'm going to ask you to step out, though. I want you to kind of be prepared for it later. Go ahead and come this way. Man, we got a lot of prayer people up here. So this is a free time. This is your time to be in the presence of the Lord. Maybe, maybe you just need to soak in his presence. You need to just worship him and, and thank him and, and rejoice in his presence, whatever. You're not a bad person if you come for prayer because we all need prayer, amen? This is prayer time. This is normal in the church, amen? This is, this is not us looking to see, oh, wonder who's going for prayer. No, this is our time as a family to minister to one another. And I'm going to give you the freedom there in your seats that if the Holy Spirit speaks to you to lay hands on your neighbor and just pray a prayer of blessing, whatever, let's worship God and let's obey God and let's see God minister his grace and his life to us. Amen. So we're going to worship together. As the worship team begins, you come. You come for prayer. You can go ahead and step out right now if you need prayer, ministry of any kind. Feel comfortable. Come on. Come on for prayer. It's your time. Praise the Lord. Let's worship. Let's worship.